In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As you can see, His, His Grace uh, Bishop Suriel is not with us today. Although he had planned to come, his, uh, he left immediately on uh, Friday when he heard about Embassy Rabamun. On Thursday, Embassy Rabamun appears uh, either Thursday or Wednesday in Egypt, uh, had a stroke. And then uh, Embassy Rabamun, our Metropolitan, left on Thursday. Um, and then Embassy left on Friday and missed him by a few, he said at least he missed him by a few hours. Uh, may God uh, comfort all of Embassy Amun's spiritual children. May God repose his soul in the paradise of joy and may he pray for us uh, until we can join him. Today's gospel is the Temptation Sunday, very famous gospel that we uh, read even in today's readings. We read it this morning, we read it last night, and if you attend Vespers in the evening at another church, you'll hear it again. So we read it from all four, or all three of the Gospels, uh, Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, and Mark chapter 1. And in this, there are several points that we can take away. First, is that the temptations that are given uh, or, or sent by the devil <clears throat> are temptations that are meant to make us fall away from Christ, or fall away from following God, fall away from following His truth. There are temptations and then there are temptations. There are trials and there are tests and there are tribulations. These are all different words with different nuances. But when it comes to temptation, the, the goal is that Satan will puff you up in order to make you fall. He doesn't come to Christ after 40 days and say, look, you're hungry which is probably the obvious, you're hungry, eat the, make these stones into bread. He says, no. He says, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones. So he says, he's, he's, he's stroking his ego, so to speak. You are the Son of God. And if you are the Son of God, you can do this miracle. It's not beyond you. And is it wrong? Is it unnecessary? Is it something that is against God for him to turn these, uh, these stones into bread? It is against God in, in, the, in the sense that he is listening to the devil. There is a famous story from the fathers where a monk, after his prayers, lied down to sleep. And as he was laying to sleep, a devil came to him and said, Wake up, you should pray. And he said, No, I'm not going to pray. And he continued sleeping. Even though you think prayer is good. If, so, if you hear this idea, or you think about this idea of prayer, you should go with it. But sometimes the, the devil is telling us to do things, tempting us to do things that we think are good, but in the end will not be good. Get, get us so tired, for example, this monk, to get him so tired in his prayers that he falls in sin, or through his prayers to puff him up, puff him up in the sense that he has pride. Look, I prayed longer, I fasted longer, I went to more liturgies. And that's why sometimes... Uh, it's good to talk to our spiritual fathers about exactly what we're doing so that we don't do something a little bit more and then we get this pride um, going within us. He also uh, was trying to tell him, you know, go and, you know, all this authority I will give you. Um, he says this in the Gospel of Luke, but in, in the Gospel of John, uh, Matthew, which we read, uh, he takes him to an, uh, uh, the pinnacle of the temple and he says, look, let's test your faith in God. 
throw yourself, the angels will catch you. And he uses, he's so crafty. He uses scripture. The devil uses scripture. He uses everything in his toolbox to make you fall. And this is another thing that we have to always understand. The word of God is meant to guide us to grow closer in our relationship, not to test our relationship with God. And finally, he says, all of this, he shows him the world and all the glory. He says, just worship me. Of course, how can you imagine Christ worshiping the, the devil? But when we place ourselves in the story, say, the devil can promise us things. The devil can promise to say, all of this I will give you if you do X, Y, and Z. What is it? Sometimes it is uh, luxury. Sometimes it is riches. Sometimes it is prestige. It is honor. It is, it is all the stuff that we as human beings in our fallen nature, we seek after. We want that stuff. We love it when we hear good, sweet words about what we have done, uh, what, we are, what we are able to accomplish. But in the end, we make decisions that take us away from gaining our place in the kingdom of God, but we want to gain our place in the kingdom of earth. And the prince of this world, who's the prince of this world? The devil. The prince of this world has to have nothing in us just as he had nothing in Christ. The world and, and the, the prince of this world takes over our hearts slowly incrementally, little by little, especially when we are not vigilant in our practices, when we are not vigilant in all that the church, all that the church has set up for us, whether it is the prayers, the fastings, commanding us to give to the poor, uh, to help those who are in need, and all, you know, the church put the, the Sermon on the Mount in front of us. And I know that I've told you many times to read the Sermon on the Mount, and you ask yourself, did I, did I take Abuna's words and did I do it this week? Did I read the Sermon on the Mount? Did I examine myself under the lens of the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount? Examine yourselves. Judge yourselves before the judgment. Judge yourselves now and you won't be judged later. But the temptations that come into us are, are I mean, it, it's at every corner and every place. Um, we look around to see, you know, what is the, the standard? What is basic? What's the average Christian doing? I'll do it with the average or a little bit better, and that's good enough. And we think that sometimes the kingdom of heaven is based on a curve. But that's not how God judges us. God judges us by what He gave you. What you have been given, you will be judged for. The person who had two talents was not judged because he didn't return with five. He came back with two. And our Savior in the parable says, Well done, good and faithful servant. It is what's been given to you that you make a return on. So what has been given to us, whether it is our church, whether it is our families, whether it is all the resources that we have, our strength and our power is in our minds and in our, and in our wealth. What have we used our minds and our wealth for? How have we drawn closer to God? So when it comes to the temptations, we should remember a few verses as well. Um, it's always good to remember 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No testing or no temptation or no trial has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and He will not let you be tested beyond your strength. 
but with the testing he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Now you're saying, wait a second, is God testing us? Or is the devil testing us? And the distinction between the two is that um, God is in control of everything. The nice story of Job, right? Job, where Satan goes to God and asks his permission. This is a good illustration of, of God being in control of what is affecting you. The devils, the demons, this world, this life, sickness, whatever happens will not be beyond what you have been, um, what, ha what, is, what is your ability to handle. And it's also important to remember our good Savior Himself. He also was tested and He endured, as you know from uh, the book of Hebrews. For we do not have a high priest, Hebrews 4.15, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as, as we are, yet without sin. And I want to lead us into the Lord's Prayer, which I had said this is the prayer that we're working on all of Lent to pray with all of our hearts intentionally. And it's important for us to understand that last part of the Lord's Prayer when we say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Does Christ lead us into, or does God lead us into temptation? What is the meaning behind this? The meaning behind this and all of them is first that we have to understand nothing that we're praying for is about here on earth. I'll give you a, a, from John, from St. John Cassian. He said, You see then what sort of measure and form for prayer has been proposed to us by Christ, the judge who, who is to be prayed to by it. He's speaking about the Lord's prayers. In it, it contains no request for riches, no request for honors, no demand for power or strength, no mention of bodily health or even of existing on earth. For the creator of the eternal things wishes nothing transitory, nothing mundane or human or earthly, nothing temporal to be asked for from himself. And I said this before, because he has given us all things. He says, do not worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall put on. And St. John says, for whoever neglects the everlasting and eternal petitions and chooses to ask for something transitory and passing from him does very great injury to the grandeur and the, he says largesse, but the, the, um, the generosity. And he offends Christ with his weak prayers. What is he saying here? Don't ask for something small. He's at, you ask for the kingdom of God. Don't ask for you know, this, this small problem or that small problem. Every small problem that we have will pass. But ask for the kingdom of God. And so when it comes to lead us not into temptation, very, very, very few things on this earth that can cause us to fall into temptation. What is this temptation that he's talking about? It's this moving away from the faith. It's to deny Christ. I'll give you a very extreme example. Somebody who gets very sick at a very young age. And instead of turning to God, asking for help and mercy, rejects God and says, 
I've prayed to you, I've gone to church, I've done all this, and this is what you do to me. That's it. I'm not praying to God anymore. I'm not following God anymore. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not doing these things anymore. Because sometimes we think that God is the safety net, the safeguard. And that's not the case. So somebody who, who goes through a trial, a tribulation, a, a hard time, and in the end denies Christ. So we, this prayer is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Not that Christ is leading us, but the one who is leading us, whether it be the evil one, and some of the fathers connected these last two together, that the evil one is the one leading us into temptation. We're saying, let us not be led into temptation by the evil one, but deliver us from the evil one. He's saying, to, what we're praying and what we're, we're saying in this is, when tough times come, help us to make the right choice. Help us not to go the wrong way. Help us not to doubt you for a minute. And there are, especially during the early church, imagine how many Christians were held to a sword and said, deny Christ, deny Christ or you're going to die. How many of those people in the end said, I can't do this, this is too difficult. I'm going to offer incense to the gods and take my chances later on. This is the temptations that we have to worry about. Leading, lead us not into temptation because we don't want to falter in our faith at all. Lead us not into temptation because we don't want to yield for one second to the devil and to what is going on in this world. And what we have to do is understand that temptations are coming to us from all different places. Yes, there is the time that God will t might, might tempt, test us. I'm not saying that we're not at that area. But who did He test? He tested Abraham. right? He tested those uh, men and women of very deep faith. He, he tested Job in a way. But it's, it's hard to believe that God is the one that's going to say, I'm going to put my finger on this person to make sure that their faith is strong. And when God tests us, we like to think of it as incense, which, yeah, has a nice smell when you smell it, but the smell really comes out when it's burned. And that burning is the testing, the trial that exposes the virtues. Some of us have great capacity for patience, but that great capacity for patience is not going to come out unless we're, we have to take care of somebody who's sick, or unless we ourselves are very sick, or unless we're in need of, of the mercies that only God can handle. And so when we wait on the Lord, this, this virtue comes out within us. But we first are tempted by our own weak desires. And we have to understand this. And this is the purpose of this fast. This fast is supposed to pull out of us all that is in us that is not right, that is not good. Our anger, our frustration, our, our lust, our whatever that we have that's going on. This is the best time because what happens when our blood sugar drops? All of those demons start to come out. All of them start to you know, talk to us on our shoulders. They kick the angel away and they start to... And then once somebody looks at you sideways, somebody says something to you that you don't like and it is... But this is... But then you realize, I have a demon that I've been harboring inside of me for a very long time. Lead us not into temptation. Help us to overcome what's in us. And then we do have to deal with the world. 
This world is not a place that produces, that wants to produce Christians. The world, whether it is in the schools, whether it is Hollywood entertainment, whether it is the news, whether it is what you're reading in most of these uh, uh, magazines and books, none of that is saying, unless you're reading the right, right stuff, none of that is saying be a better person. None of that is saying be holy. None of that is saying, uh, you know, try to work harder in your fasting and your prayers and you're going to church. All of that is puffing you up. No, you are your own uh, creator of your own destiny. You are the one that can choose and decide. You are the one that's in control. You, you do you, right? Instead of you do God or you be like the saints. No, 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 be like you are. It, it would be as if Christ came upon uh, the person who was blind, deaf, and mute, and said, you know what? I love you as you are. Stay as you are. But didn't Christ heal the blind man so he saw, the deaf person so that he heard, and the mute person so that he spoke? He didn't judge him, but he healed him. And we are in such need of healing, but the world will not tell you you are in need of healing. The world will tell you you're good as you are. We say, the church says, you are good and meant to be good. But you have to follow the one who is good, the only one who is good. And there is not an arbitrary definition of good here. It's not your version of good is different from my version of good. It's we look to the one who is the standard of good and the saints who have copied, who have copied him and we follow in their path. We follow in the path of the saints. The temptations that come at this world are unbelievable. I remember of Emba Musa one time in a convention 20 years ago, 30 years ago maybe. He's talking to the parents and he's saying, you want your kids to be celibate like Joseph, who when Potiphar's wife came and he, and he uh, ran away from her. But he said to her, he said to the parents, your kids are dealing with Potiphar's wife every day. It's not just once it happens and then it's done. Every day in, in the college campuses or out in the world, they're dealing with people that are just throwing themselves at your children. This is the world always encouraging you to tempt, to, uh, always encouraging you to fall. And by the way, the world will not tell you, hey, 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 smoke this or do this. What the world will do is you'll see good people. You'll hang out with those good people. You'll, you'll be friends with those people. You say, oh, they're good people. And the first time you'll say no. The second time you'll say no. The third time you'll say no. But after a while, I say, what's the problem? What's the big deal? Why don't we just try? Let me just see. And that's how the devil plays the long game. He doesn't play the short game where he comes at you with a sin right away. He says, no, no, no. I'm going to groom this person for a very long time. And then when I, when I get him, just at that point that I get him, it's going to be a big fall. It's going to be something that's going to be a catastrophe, not only for him, but those around him. These are the temptations that, that come at us in the world. We don't know a temptation is coming, but we have to stay far away from temptations. If you are scared of drowning in an ocean, you stay far away from the ocean. If you're scared of fire, you stay away from anything that can burn or anything that's on fire. If you're scared of these things, you stay far away from them. So why do we throw ourselves into the temptations of this world so quickly, so easily? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the evil one, there are many evil ones. 
all of them have their source from the evil one, but there are many people who are evil in this world. St. John called them the Antichrists. Antichrists are not scary looking. Antichrists are not the Christ that come out and say, um, you know, I, I'm better than God. Antichrists are the one that say, you don't need Christ. Here's something instead of Christ. Antichrist means in place of Christ, instead of Christ. And we choose so many things instead of Christ. We choose so many things. It's in our day-to-day -day life that we have to say, am I choosing Christ and the path of life? Or I'm choosing some other decision, some other way that I've been, you know, kind of convinced that this is okay. What is something instead of Christ? What is something that we can look to instead of Christ? We can look to our bank accounts. Well, I don't, I don't really, when I say God is the one who gives to us our, our daily needs, who gives to us our food in due season, I can think, no, I don't really, I'm not, come on, I have all this money in the bank. I don't need to... Trust, uh, trust in God to give us our food in due season. I can take care of this. It's not, I'm not saying that we're forgetting about God and looking to our bank accounts. But I'm saying, every day, when I eat a piece of bread, do I thank God as, as if this piece of bread came from God? It's so easy. I'm just trying to see, show you. It's so easy for us to kind of put God aside and not think about Him doing every single thing for us. Every single thing, like a, like a mother who takes care of her kids, puts their clothes out, makes their bed, makes sure that the, they have enough uh, food for their snack, makes sure, and then all day doing all of this. And the kid, of course, after a while is not going to say, thank you, mom, for getting my clothes. Thank you, mom, for making my food. Thank you, mom, for making sure that this is done, that the bed is made, that whatever, all these little things. God is doing all these little things for us. And it's so easy for us to kind of look the other way and not recognize it or not give glory to Him for what He has done. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let us pray these words, knowing that temptation and trials are coming from all around. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let us be victorious in all of our decisions until the very end. Let us stand firm. Let us stand firm. And not only let us stand firm, but let us be able to conquer the wiles of the devil. To conquer what he is doing in my life. Yesterday's Pauline epistle, let us bear with the scruples of the weak. Let me also recognize the devil working in others and pray for those other people. I said that too, too extremely. Not the devil working in others, but the devil is, is, is attacking, is attacking, especially, especially during Lent. The hardest trials and tribulations come to the people during Lent. That's been my experience at least. And during Lent uh, is this attack, the full attack on the church. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Becomes a, a, a prayer not for myself personally, but for everyone. Lead us as a community, not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. May God grant us His mercy and His peace and guide us through all of the trials and tribulations on the path of peace. May He help us to enter through the narrow gate and may He accept our fasting and our prayers. To Him be the glory, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. Yeah.